Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Check it, check, 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 check it, check, check, check it, check, check. Suck on my dick and drink my ball sack. Drink it all in, yeah, yeah. Hey, fellas, if you're having some struggles in the bedroom, I am not here to judge, and I am certainly not here to make fun of you. I sympathize. That sucks. And that can be crippling to everything going on in your life. That's why Blue Chew is here to save the day. And now you're saying to yourself, well, what's Blue Chew? Blue Chew delivers to your door, all online, no need for embarrassing doctor visits or awkward pharmacy visits. You just get the active ingredients of Viagra and Cialis delivered right to your door at a fraction of the cost. So let me go over this again. You get to avoid all the awkward, uh, impersonal, really weird kind of interactions, and you get to save money, and you get the Viagra, the Cialis active ingredients, okay? That's it. It's just that awesome. Blue Chew really comes through, okay? So if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. Got a special deal for you. Listen to this. Blue Chew free. When you use the promo code Mikey at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code Mikey. To receive your first month free, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank you, Blue Chew, for sponsoring this podcast. Oh, Magic Spoon. Magic Spoon, seriously. I can't express how much I love you, Magic Spoon. You are, in fact, a spoon that is magic because you are what provides me the same tantalizing taste bud joy of all my favorite childhood cereals, but with 14, 13 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs, and 140 calories, you heard me correctly. It is all that awesome. Amazing flavors, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple waffles. I've tried them all. I love every single flavor of Magic Spoon, and I know you will too, okay? I've been drinking protein shakes, powders, all this kind of crazy faux sweet tooth stuff for years. Magic Spoon has been my savior. When you're craving something sweet and you don't want to go off the rails with your diet, turn to Magic Spoon. Trust me, you won't regret it. Remember, you can get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash Mikey and use the code Mikey, save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Oh, Lucy, Lucy, Lucy. I love nicotine. I love it. The problem is, is most of the time, if you want to get some nicotine, you got to use junky, unhealthy things to get the nicotine, whether it be vaping or chewing or smoking. I don't want to do that. I just want the amazing cognitive benefits and appetite suppression and metabolic benefits of nicotine. What do I do? I choose Lucy. Delicious nicotine pouches 
some nicotine lozenges, either a 4, 8, or 12 milligram clinical dose of nicotine, spearmint, mango, cool cider, amazing flavors. Lucy is what you're looking for. Trust me, don't let the advantages of nicotine pass you by just because you have this weird stigma surrounding nicotine. It's really a stigma that should be attached to the ways that you've been getting nicotine. But now there is Lucy, so get your nicotine the right way. Mikey likes you listeners. Go to lucy.co, use promo code Mikey, get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim pouches or any other Lucy products. That's lucy.co, use the promo code Mikey. This product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is, in fact, an addictive chemical, lucy.co. Be sure to use the promo code Mikey. And... We all know NFL is back. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Listen to me. New updated site and interface, even more odds, props, contests. Bet Online continues to be numero uno. It's the number one source for everything football. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online the fastest way, the easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book expert. Karate, I kick your ass. From here to Tiananmen Square. Oh, yeah, motherfucker. Gonna kick your fucking dairy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You broke the rules. Now I'm pulling out your pubic hair. You motherfucker. Acapella. You motherfucker. Hopefully there won't be too many other compromises and sacrifices that we make here on today's Mikey Likes You. But as you notice, I didn't have a guitar. That's because my guitar is in Texas in my new home. Yes, I am moving. My wife, my daughter, already moved. So I'm stuck here in Venice for the next couple of days getting the last of the boxes and silverware and all that fun stuff ready to rock to make the transition to being a full-on Texan. Very excited. Uh, it's a huge, huge episode. Everyone's favorite, the Q&A. Um, when I allow you the... Oh, Mike, Mike Pence with the fucking fly. Um when I allow you, the audience, to dictate what it is we talk about and what we can go over, uh, a lot of excellent questions at my social media, mostly Instagram, at Mike Catherwood or at Mikey Likes You One, the number one. Um, but before we do that, there's a lot of excitement with the uh, Brinks folks here because they're aware of my debut of a new riveting, riveting little segment that we like to call From Russia with Dumb. Now, understand that the Russians and then prior to that, the Soviets, some of the smartest and most well-respected minds in sports performance and nutrition, and more importantly, drugs, uh, some of the greatest minds ever. Um. Being that they're so hardcore, I don't think it's 
at all controversial for me to say Russians are fucking hardcore. They like to really push the envelope with everything intellectually, physically. They are, they are people who do not like to cut corners. Um, they're horrible cheaters. They've never not cheated in any physical endeavor ever. Um, Russians have cheated at anything they've ever done when it comes to physical competition, but they're also geniuses. Uh, I still, to this day, use super training, um, a book that was written in Russia in like the seventies and then subsequently, uh, translated and brought to the United States by Mel Sif in the eighties. It's still the Bible of sports performance when it comes to hypertrophy, strength, power, anything. The Russians are the best. They're also fucking crazy and they're super, super hardcore. So I have stumbled upon the fact that the Russians, especially in the world of fitness and health, are doing so much crazy shit that I will forever be able to do this segment that I bring to you called From Russia with Dumb. Clip number one is called Russian Chiropractor. Now, this is real. This happened, and it happened in 2021. Please, go ahead. Look at this guy. He's like, oh, I, I needed uh, needed to get a little adjustment here. Oh, uh, yes, yes. I do the chiropractic work. Yes. Uh, a weak American spine. It will be fine. Trust me. Bitch! How your back feel, huh? Weak American spine? Tolerate good pressure? What the f- fuck is happening? That is real. <laughs> All kidding aside, although it looks like some type of torture from Braveheart, might might feel good. I bet you it does kind of pu- pull out that spine. You know, if you hang from a bar long enough and it's like, you're like oh. so maybe, who knows? Maybe, maybe I'm talking shit and 20 years from now, we'll be all doing the Russian chiropractor medieval torture thing and, and, and looking at, at this clip like, wow, what an idiot. Um, now I like to highlight a man that I really, truly want to be friends with. This is Russian meathead. Check this out. This guy's like, I got to get my workout on. I go, I do, I do a couple of reps, huh? I do reps, yes. Oh, both workout window, very important. Must be meat, in body immediately. And fuck yeah, here comes the butcher. He's like, hey, fucking, what you doing? He's like, I must leave. is someone who has lots just a wealth of sharp objects to to take with him to scare someone away but it would typically be like a cleaver or some type of big knife he had an axe ready to go because that was his like liquor store underneath the cash register shotgun he's like i take x i fuck you (laughs) i love that guy i i wish i had the balls to pump iron in the butcher, but I'm a wimp, not a Russian. And finally, everyone, especially you females out there, is concerned with glute development, right? Who doesn't want a bigger booty? I've been on Project Kardashian for about a year now. I have definitely added a lot of carne to my fine little tight little apple that I call my backside. But we all know 
What really drives clicks and interest? Nice, shapely booty. And I provide to you what I like to call Russian glute development. Here we go. Ah, yes, foot hook in butt. You promise big butt? Oh, this make glute grow big. This make great. You look like J-Lo. Promise I look like J-Lo? You look like J-Lo. Just give it 10 minutes, you hang. Okay, are you sure? Yes. You cut your jeans? Yes, expose my butt in jeans. Good, good. Here we go. Russian glute development. That's the that's the Russian Brett Contreras right there, the glute guy. There you are, ladies and gentlemen, from Russia with Dumb. All right, let's move into it. Q and A for everyone. And uh, again, I thank you so much. This is something we won't be dealing with as soon as next week. I will no longer live in Dunkirk with planes flying over me all the time. All right. Uh, I must thank you guys again. Every time I do the Q and A, I solicit for questions. You always provide awesome ones, and it, it it's it makes for great jumping off points to have really meaningful conversations in the world of health, fitness, wellness, habit forming, all that kind of crap. Um, so let me get right into it. Again, uh, if you're looking for further assistance or further help, um, my Patreon, Patreon, just go to Patreon, search for Mike Catherwood, and uh, I'm there three different tiers for three different levels of assistance. And I really genuinely enjoy doing it. And I am sincerely appreciative of everyone who is a patron because it just means so much to me. All right, here we go. How often should I be changing up my routine? Thanks, Mike, from Fru Chris. Well, it, it greatly depends. Um, I do think that there is a common misconception that in order to continue to make progress, that there has to be this variety, muscle confusion, stuff like that. And that's just simply not true. Um, you can, as long as you're seeing consistent progressive improvement and progressive overload is a possibility, there's no need to be changing things up. Um, I typically do the same six to eight exercises every week, every day, and I'm fine. That being said, I do think every three months or so, you know, 12 weeks is a very good kind of standard gauge to be changing up the, the the programming of said exercises. Even though a lot of the movements are going to stay the same, I do think scheduling in, periodizing pure strength, you know, where you're working in the three to five rep range with really heavy weights, and then backing off for 12 weeks and doing 12 to even 20 reps for a lot higher volume, a lot more sets at a much more moderate weight is a great way, a great thing to do and and is not only useful. It can be vital for continued growth and progress when it comes to changing your body and also changing in progress. Um, every physique athlete, whether it be a model or a bodybuilder, um, will periodize training. Same with every skill athlete, every performance athlete, whether it be a football player, a track athlete, a volleyball player, you, you name it, any sport, everyone has kind of a strength-based building even endurance athletes, they have the base building, which is the endurance base, excuse me, the aerobic base that they build. And then as 
competitions near closer. They're working in different levels of volume and intensity to kind of peak for that. And strength athletes do the same thing. Powerlifters, Olympic lifters are, are working in hypertrophy phases for growth of muscle. Then power phases, strength phases, MMA fighters, boxers, it's all the same. There's a periodization where the base is built, the foundation is built. And as you get closer and closer to when you want to peak, the, the weight necessary the weight usually comes down but the speed at which you perform reps and a lot of the volume goes up so there you go that that is my my best um answer to to the the variety that you have to apply to your training programs chris snipes 1106 morning buddy perhaps go over some of the key differences in protein powder choices seems like there is so many these days good question and it is true there's so many um, first and foremost, whey protein seems to be the most commonly known and the most popular. And that's with good reason. Whey protein is an isolation of milk, um, dairy proteins. When they kind of distill down dairy proteins, there's really two components that they're left with the casein and the whey. Um, you know, like even in, you know, the what now three, 400 year old limerick you know eating her curds and whey that's what it was it was an isolation of dairy proteins um of course there's colostrum in there too uh which is the main constituent of mother's milk even human mother's milk is mostly colostrum and that is a component too so they isolate these two but you know these three or four things but mainly two it's casein and whey that are the major components of dairy protein whey is very quickly digested which has its benefits. Um, early in the morning after a fast, you want to wake up, you want to get something quickly into your body, great. Um, pre and post-workout, obviously very good. For me, <clears throat> for the dieting athlete, which is most of us, right? Most of us, unless you're the 17-year-old the kid or that one cr crazy girl who every woman hates, who's like, no matter what I eat, I can't gain weight. Um, for most people, we're dieting. We're looking to either maintain our weight or lower it while, you know, increasing the, the composition of our body or improving it, I should say. Um, whey doesn't tend to be very good. Why? Because it's so quickly digested, it's also leaves you hungry. It's not very filling. It doesn't stick with you long. Casein, on the other hand, especially micellar casein, M-I-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-R, um, -E 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 fuck, come on, public school guy, but micellar casein, stays in your gut and digests at an extremely slow rate. That makes it incredibly beneficial for the dieting athlete because it keeps you full. So for most people, I always recommend going with a milk protein blend. What does that mean? It means you get a little of both. A lot of great products are on the market that take a blend of milk protein blend, whether it be a milk protein isolate, which I think is the best, but is also the most expensive. And then they'll throw in egg white protein and things like that. Um, a lot of people are doing beef protein, beef protein isolate. Um, and so you get a nice mixture, which gives you kind of a, a best of both worlds deal. You can get amino acids flushing the system rather quickly. And then it also stays in your gut a long time. So that's my best overall advice. And there's some great products on the market with um, milk protein blends. Um, <clears throat> off the top of my head, um, Ultimate Muscle Protein or UMP from Beverly Nutrition excellent product but again these are expensive unfortunately um and then also jocko jocko wilnick uh 
Navy, American Navy SEAL, motivational speaker, a really good guy, a guy that I like to support because he is obviously a man who has sacrificed so much to go over and fight for our country. But also he has come back and then created these various companies that are paying American workers. And, and, and you know, he's manufacturing things here in the United States. And, and so he has a, a protein blend called Malk, M-O with an umlaut over it, L-K, Jocko, Jocko Malk. And um, that is a, a great blend of proteins. And it's the one that I'm currently using. This I will say, major caveat is use protein powders as sparingly as possible. Um, I think when people are like, I'm going to get in shape, there's this notion that you have to join up to this tribe of in crazy, these crazy fit people who are drowning in protein powder. And that's really not the case. Protein powders were developed for the sake of convenience during a time when there wasn't necessarily a lot of convenience with food. Not necessarily the case now. But what is the case now is that we are all working crazy hours and we have kids and lives and family. So there does come these times where it's either I got to sneak in a protein shake or I'm going to be forced to eat whatever's in the vending machine at work and stuff like that. So in those situations, yeah, I personally, that's when I reach for a protein shake because it is better than, you know, kind of fitness junk food. But if you can, at all costs, you use it as sparingly as possible because real protein, real cooked natural proteins, meaning from, you know, roaming the earth, preferably animal protein. If you're a vegan, things like um, legumes and things like that, they, these, these, these are much better for your system. They are more chemically appropriate for the human system. Um, and lest we forget, we are animals. We are primates. We are um, quite sophisticated uh, apex predators. Um, and our systems were designed for this food. So you, it's right there in the name. They are supplements. They are not to be make, you know, compo com comprising your diet. They are to be supplementing it. When taking creatine, should I be taking it every day or just on training days? Every day, every day. Um, there's Conflicting science about what was known as the loading phase, you know, where people are taking 20 grams for five days to load the system. Again, not necessarily sure that it's necessary. What is necessary and science has proven is that for creatine to be overall as effective as possible, especially for the cognitive benefits and the, the health benefits, uh, take five grams a day, take it every day, you know, and just try to get, I, I do mine, um, pretty much every day with my pre-workout little slurry that I do, which is uh, essential amino acids, um, some, some electrolytes and creatine. It's what I take every day before I work out on, on days I don't work out. I just take it with some, like whatever, with my breakfast, you know, um, if you could have any superpower, which one would you choose and why from Aaron H owl? I, I don't think anyone who, if you do not choose flight, you haven't thought it through. Fucking flying through the air, if you're Captain Marvel or Superman, think about that. If you're a human, if you're a humanoid, obviously you're a superhero, so you're not really human. 
But if you're a, 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 a humanoid thing and then all of a sudden you're like, boom, and you're off and you're like, hey, you want to go to Paris? Boom. Want to go, especially if you're Superman or Captain Marvel, they go into space, fucker. Elon Musk can suck my dick. I'm flying with my body to space, bitch. Flight is dope. Flight is dope. If you just get away from Earth for a sec, or if you need to travel and you can fly through the air, I'm going with that. Invisibility, cool. Uh, extreme super, like strength, like the Hulk or something, definitely good, but you don't have to deal with any shit if you can fly. Later, boom, I'm out. And think about even if you're like a big pussy, you could still fuck people up if you could fly away and then fly back and just break them off real quick, like, bam, right to the dome, elbow to the dome while I'm flying. And then, oh, what was that? And then fly away. Um, first off, always congratulations from me for your sobriety from Funky Monkey. Uh, thank you, Funky Monkey. How long after getting clean did you start this venture? Was it hard for you to get get the motivation going to stay on track and to just get started altogether with your exercising and weightlifting? Um, no, it wasn't. But I will say this. I My sobriety came well after my real passionate intrigue with fitness. Obviously, heavy amounts of drug use and drinking didn't do wonders for my fitness, but I had already as a, like a, like a, probably like a junior in high school is when I got seriously involved in it. And I started getting really smart about it. Um, like what would be the first year of college? I wasn't like a college kid, but you know, so like 18, 19 is when I started to surround myself with people who really knew what they were doing. And that got me even more interested. So I was, I was using heavily and drinking and already training and then trying to, you know, up my protein and do all these things. I even remember there was a, a really kind of dangerous time where both were working. I was working tons of hours, but I was young and I was partying like crazy, but I would, I would do like the thing where I would just smoke weed and do blow and stuff during the week and then only have drinks on the weekend to like monitor my diet. And I was still eating lots of protein and like really eating a healthy diet and pumping iron like crazy. But I was also like every Saturday night or sometimes Saturday and Sunday night, like tying them on. And then through the week I would use like calorie free drugs <laughs> Um, and I was, I looked great. I looked great and I was doing my thing, but that was really dangerous because the more experience you have with addiction being manageable, the harder it becomes to then bite the bullet and find your rock bottom. Um, but so I, I, I wish I could give you a better answer. It was not hard for me because once I was legitimately, legitimately had made that decision where I was, I wanted to do this for life sobriety. That is. Um, the first thing I did was like start doubling down on on taking better care of myself physically and and eating right. Um, so it was not only was it not hard, it was um, almost automatic. Death of dozen. What are your thoughts on breathing squats, breathing pullovers, raider chest pulls, 
and that style of incorporating a deep breath element into some training. Ostensibly for rib expansion in the old days, it feels like deep force breathing seems to have helped my size and posture and feels like I can take deeper breaths. Um, this is a very good question, and I, I, I don't have a straight answer for you because I don't know. I don't know, and there is, there is really a dearth of any type of objective science to back up the idea of the rib expansion aspect of it. But what I do think is that the, the kind of breathing squat protocol and the high rep squat combined with higher rep compound movements are not only great, they're crucial. And at some point, everyone should engage in this type of training. It's something I do yearly. What it's based around is your workout. And, and there's so many people who kind of claim to be the godfather or godmother of this whole movement. But really, it was the book Super Squats that kind of took this and then made it something kind of calculated. And it's a training protocol three times a week where you start your entire training, regardless of what you are training, with a high rep set of squats with very heavy weight, at least for that rep range. What high rep squats do is so much more than build your lower body. High rep squats with weight that's tough are the best form of cardio. It definitely strengthens and makes your shoulders more healthy because you have to hold heavy weights back and keep those shoulders retracted. It's the best ab workout you'll ever have because you have to keep yourself rigid and tight for 20 reps of squats with something that's like 60 to 70% of what your one rep max would be. You're capable of doing more reps with more weight in squats than any other exercise. Why? Because you can build in rests. If you are doing a bench press, for, set, per, for instance, if you get to a point where you're reaching muscular failure, you can't just rest. Yeah, you can lock out your elbows and get a little bit more you know, of a lactic acid relief there, but you're still holding a fucking barbell above you, right? Um, deadlift, the same thing. You're still holding a, a barbell at your at your groin area. I mean, it's not necessarily rest. With squats, you can rest. You can do six, seven reps, and it's just kind of resting on your upper shoulder. Yes, your traps and things are getting a little bit of a buzz, but you're, you, can, you can take your time, compose yourself, take some big, deep breaths. And the oxygen debt that squats create, because you're moving your entire body through gravity with added resistance. The oxygen debt is huge. It's like running hill sprints. So you're, you're like, <laughs> and you have to figure out a way to control that. Um, it creates incredible benefits for your diaphragmatic health and your ability to control your breaths, especially at oxygen debt. Um, so I do, I believe in this training greatly. I do high rep squats year round. I will base my entire training around high rep squats, like I said, about once a year. The problem, the only downside uh, to this type of training is that it fucks you up. So when I'm trying my hardest to say, you know, if I am, I'm doing some like novelty, you know, boxing match or uh, uh, Jason Ellis has me fighting at Ellis Mania, I have something where I have to perform physically on my mind. This is not the time to be doing high rep squats because it fucking drains you 
to such a great extent. So I have to pick and choose when those times are, when I can do it. But I do try to work it in at least here because it, uh, it increases your work capacity. My legs look better. Um, I'm leaner, even if I could be eating more food because it's just so demanding. Now, the only, so that's my only real kind of variable that I have is like picking and choosing when I'm going to do it. And I, I would advise the same for you. The other thing, and this is the only warning I have, this is the caveat. Don't ever think because it is such a beneficial way of training, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are like, I'm going to do it. I think that's a great idea. It's great. It makes you a better athlete. It makes you mentally strong. You do not even fucking contemplate doing a high rep, 20 rep squat, super squat routine, widowmaker routine. There's so many names for it. If you don't know how to squat very well, and I mean really well. I mean sending videos to me or to people at Squat University, sending it to someone who is established and getting the full-on authorization. It's like, oh, yeah, your, your squat technique is fantastic. If your squat technique is not fantastic, if your deadlift technique is not fantastic, don't do anything else in those arenas when it comes to movement except for focus on your form. We've gone over this a million times, how those two exercises are just different. You can fudge and just push hard and have grit and a lot of other things, you know, dumbbell shoulder press and curls and tricep work and a lot of back work, you know, one arm rows. You don't have to have perfect form. Just grit it out. Let's do this. Deadlifts and squats, there should be nothing else on your mind except for making your form perfect until it's perfect. And certainly when it comes to high rep, heavy squats, don't think to engage in this program until your form is perfect. Thank you. Bex exercises to increase grip strength from too many Andrew Bennett's. Is there really that many Andrew Bennett's? I don't know that many Andrew Bennett's. Sometimes I feel that gives up first on things like deadlifts, Romanian deadlift shrugs, et cetera. Yeah, it absolutely does. Grip strength is very important. In fact, there's a lot of studies and uh, maybe on my Patreon, I'll link to one that show that the one of the best markers of overall health, especially in the elderly, is grip strength. That if you have the neuromuscular and neurological ability to grip things and squeeze things hard, carry heavy things with your hands, that has so much carryover into your overall health. Grip strength is very important. Um, but there's two things at play here. <sighs> Focused grip training should and needs to be done. But also, when trying to create tension and build your Romanian deadlift, your shrug, and your deadlift, there's also a lot of advantage to just using straps. Because no matter how strong your grip is, I don't want to say no matter, there are world-class strength athletes that obviously can do double overhand grip deadlifts with like 600 pounds. I understand that. But for the lion's share of people, even high level people, even a guy like myself, if I'm going to do over 500 pounds, I, I wear straps. If I'm going to do higher rep deadlifts, which shouldn't be done for high reps, but if I'm going to do six to eight reps with a deadlift and I want to use sizable weight, I have to use straps. 
So even though I think it's important to work in non-strap work with shrugs and deadlifts and things like that, I do think that a pair of straps used properly can have huge benefits for the muscles that you're intending to train because your grip will give out at some point. That being said, grip training is not something that's very monolithic. There's a lot of different angles to grip training. There is squeezing power. So uh, the thing I recommend most for that is the king, Kings of Crush. King of Crush or Kings of Crush, KOC, um, grip, grip trainers. I have one in my car. And I just, whenever I'm driving, I, in traffic, I, and it's just those two, they look like a little A and you squeeze them. So that's, that's crushing grip strength, which is important. There's also isometric grip strength where you hold on to something for a long time. Dead hangs are very good for that. Just, you know, put your hands over on a bar, hang as long as you can and keep working up more and more. You can add weight if it starts to get to the point where you can get really good at that. I had a very weak grip and I started to fuck around with, rock climbing at the same time that I was doing jujitsu. And I realized that my grip was holding me back and I started doing hangs and I could do like 45 seconds or something like that. Now I'm doing two or three minutes with added weight and I'm not trying to pat myself in the back, but I am saying that there is a progressive progressive overload aspect to this, just like there would be with any other um, weight bearing exercise. Another aspect of grip strength is wrist and finger strength. Um, so if a, a lot of great um, guitar playing tools have um, these, these things where you can, cr- it's kind of like the King of Crush thing, except each finger can move independently. And if you can do those, work those in, again, this is something I like. I usually carry those like in my like workout backpack and I don't probably do them as much as I should, but I, I have those. And if that's not an option, if you're not going to spend the, 20 bucks or nine, but I don't know how much those are. Um, regular old rubber bands from the, the produce section of the grocery store, put them around your fingers, spread them here, do two fingers, you know, double wrap it around these two fingers and spread them and move them in different directions. It really does work. Um, and a lot of people make the, I think reasonable assumption that like training your forearms will carry over to grip strength. It's not necessarily true. Grip strength is something that's independent of like forearm hypertrophy or forearm strength. So, Weighted carries and hangs for the isometric, anything where you're crushing for the crushing strength, and then also independently moving the fingers with resistance to try to build up that hand strength. So that's the best way to do it. And um, anyone who's anyone who wants to do something excellent in the world of strength, um, they train their grip. Uh, Mikey, great show, man. I've been working odd shifts and have been finding it easier to split my sessions into two parts. Are there any downsides to hitting the lower body first and the upper body at a later time from shifting gears and drinking beers? A good name. Um, No. In fact, there's a lot of benefit. Here's the thing with, with modern Western civilization scheduling training should be done in the way that you can do it because we all work crazy jobs. We all have families. Most of us have families or, and we have obligations that make it very difficult to get to the gym as much as we would like to, or get to our training as much as we would like. So if you have to do 20 minutes twice a day, instead of 40 minutes once a day, 
Um, there's actually tremendous benefit to that. Pavel Tatsalin, a, a well, very well-regarded strength coach, had developed the idea of greasing the groove where you're doing five or six workouts a day, but they're like five minutes to 10 minutes. And it's this consistent application of uh, bursts of training. And that is actually probably more in line with how we as humans should work and, and move. If you are capable of doing a daily split, um, do that. The same kind of warnings go to you, though, the person who's going to try to train numerous times in a day, as go to the person who's trying to construct their workout program with training once a day. Try to always construct your program in a way that you don't compromise your performance in any way. What do I mean by that? You would don't train shoulders and triceps in the morning and then try to train chest at night. Don't pre-fatigue something that's going to compromise your performance later in the day with your earlier in the day workout. Um, the way you worded it is actually probably the, the best way to go about it. And it is a way that I used to train, especially at the beginning of the pandemic when I couldn't go to a gym, but I could train and I was kind of sitting on my ass a lot. I would train uh, glutes and hamstrings in the morning. Then I would train like upper body push. Then the next day I would do um, lower body push, like with, with quads and, and maybe some calves and abs. And then at night I would do um, upper body pull, you know, a vertical pull, like some pull-ups and, 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 pull, and biceps. So just try to try to construct it in a way that you're doing things that aren't going to allow you to um, overshadow your performance in the, uh, whatever your subsequent later training would be. Had a crazy panic attack yesterday after deadlifting. Oh gosh. From OG Alex G. Should I cut back on supplements, protein and creatine, or just avoid the exercise altogether? Um, panic attacks are very real and they're fucking terrifying. But they're also something that it's hard to objectively say exactly what it is and what created it. And that's not me talking. That's the best psychiatric minds in the world. It's a, a, a panic attack is not like cardiac arrest. There's not objective ways of like identifying this is when it happens, this is what created it, and this is what we need to do to deal with it. More often than not, a panic attack is caused by something emotional and psychiatric. That being said, certainly there's things that you can put in your body that are going to make you more vulnerable to, to panic attacks. Those things are stimulants, though. So if you say, should I cut back on protein and creatine? No. Has, it, there's zero correlation. Zero correlation. If you should say, should I cut back on caffeine? Should I cut back on ephedrine if you're taking that or, or, or partying with ecstasy and Coke? You know, yeah, fuck yeah. That, that absolutely plays a role. But deadlifting and creatine and coffee, or excuse me, creatine and protein powder have no fucking relationship. Deadlifting is so physically demanding that oftentimes there's plenty of videos. There's a hundred videos out there where people, you get so lightheaded that oftentimes people just fucking like they got shot by a sniper. Um, 
And if you got your heart rate into that position, you got your breathing so distorted that you were like lightheaded and that exacerbated your problem with, with panic attacks, totally understand. But I would not blame deadlifts for panic attacks by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, it's probably a really, really good tool to deal with panic attacks and help you solve that problem. Um, I, ju- I, I do think you're barking up the wrong tree. It's not creatine. It's not protein. And it certainly isn't deadlifts. Um, so analyze, are you taking a lot of stimulants? And that's, that's not, I'm not passing judgment. I'm a caffeine addict through and through. And at times when life has gotten stressful, I've had to back off on, on caffeine, even though it's so common and it seems so um, innocuous and, and by and large it is. But if I'm already on the verge of having some type of psychiatric issue or emotional issue, a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day is not helping. So I've had to taper off and back off. On that. Um, and that has worked. But the biggest thing that's worked for me and my wife, more importantly, um, who has dealt with panic attacks far more often and with far more, far, far, far greater severity than I ever have. It was about doing the work emotionally. Had nothing to do with anything uh, exogenous, nothing to do with her behavior. It was really doing the fucking work, going and opening up with a therapist and dealing with her root issues and whatever trauma she may have had meditation, committing to good sleep. That's, and honestly, my wife hasn't had a panic attack in years that I can remember. When we first got married, it was a pretty, pretty serious problem. Um, And my wife hasn't had a cup of coffee or any stimulant in 20 years. She's the worst Seattle raised person ever because she doesn't drink coffee. Um, but she, she's anti-caffeine. So, um, it wasn't anything like that. Um, and, uh, I, I just, I, I don't want in any way to sound, uh, dismissive of what you're asking because it is a serious panic attacks are fucking very serious and very real and they're paralyzed. Um, I just would highly encourage you to not look to deadlifts and stuff like that. Um, again, I, I do think like squats and deadlifts and the hill sprints and stuff like that are so demanding that maybe you're already on the threshold of having some issue and then it kind of lowers your susceptibility. Um, yo, yo, love your show and your positivity. Hearing your great attitude is really nice. Oh, thank you. El cosmic plantador. Question is what is the best way to increase my squat weight fast or other leg exercises key, or should I just squat more throughout the week? I try to keep my ego in check, but it's a little soul crushing when a fine looking lady sets up next to me in the racks and is squatting more than me. I've got chicken legs and no butt. I need help. Thanks for the great content. And I love the dope ass yellow ST hat. Yes, I should have worn my suicidal hat because I have my very real vintage uh, Scooby-Doo mystery machine shirt on and it has some yellow in it. Maybe I made a mistake. Well, first off, thank you, El Cosmic Plantador. But uh, increasing squat weight is difficult and multifaceted. First things first, I get it where you're setting up a rack to squat and some girl next to you is squatting more weight. Give up on that shit. 
You want to know something? And I don't want to speak for straight women of the world, but what would be way worse for you is to try to ego lift next to her just for some arbitrary number to, to beat her number and look like a shithead with your terrible squats. And then maybe even have them have you ditch the bar and it slams against the ground or something, you know, like I can't really foresee myself. And by the way, I am a good squatter, but because of where I train in the world I live in, I am constantly around girls who lift more than me. Um, if you can recognize that this girl has spent a lot of time in the weight room, she's not really concerned with lifting more weight than you. She will be internally laughing at you by using shitty form and looking like an asshole. Okay. And I, I mean, I'm dead serious here. Um, I can only really relate to it from my point of view. I have never really like had the thing where a girl was evidently trying to impress me or compete with me. But what I have had is like been, I've been squatting or deadlifting and throwing a plate after plate on. And there's a, a skinnier, younger kid, male next to me. And you can tell you're like, why are you do, don't do that. I, and nine times out of 10, I will stop and go over and talk to him. We're like, dude, you, you're going to really hurt yourself. There's no, there's nothing to be bashful or, or afraid of when it comes to lifting less than someone. Okay. That's the one thing that I want to impart to you on top of that. You shouldn't, you really got to get out of your head the idea of competition. The only person you should be comp in competition with is you from yesterday. As long as you're better than that guy, that's the only thing you should concern yourself with. Other dudes, other chick, trying to press other chicks, trying to, to look cool with other dudes, that's none of your concern. This is not a competition. Now, if you enter a competition, that's a whole, you know, if you want to be a competitive power lifter, fuck, do it. Competitive bodybuilder, better fucking be concerned with that other dude's biceps. You know, I, I get that. But in general, in life, the idea, the endeavor of fitness is not a competition. The only competition you should be with, you should be trying to engage in is the competition with the guy in the mirror. And that's what makes it so beautiful. So if you're using better form and, and more weight or more reps, then you last week, all that matters. Do not fucking concern yourself with the people around you. Um, and until you do that, until you take that ego check, as some, I've done it myself, man, I've been in your shoes, okay? I'm not saying this in a condescending fashion. I'm saying this as someone who's done it. Until you do, until you take that step, you're going to be stuck. Now, how do you increase your squat weight? Um, first and foremost, analyze why you're not squatting well, and then double down on that. Same thing goes for any of the big compound movements. Um, if for instance, if you're deadlifting and you realize you can't get weight off the floor, if initially just the pull, you got to really double down on your hamstring strength and really work on that. And then uh, subsequently your glutes, if your um, if your squat is kind of, if your knees cave, or if you can't keep your back straight, Really, most of the time, it's tight hip flexors and really weak glutes. And you already said that you have a small butt. Um, uh, me too. I was not a guy who was gifted with like a big full booty. Um, double down on that shit. Okay. 
really work your knees over toes guy. He's got great content and it's free at his YouTube. The knees over toes split squat. You should be doing those every day, even with no weight to open up your hip flexors. Okay. The area, right. That, that kind of bookends your dick. Those need to be loose and pliable. Alternatively, your glutes, your butt needs to be strong and dense to provide that balance for you to get lower and then really drive off. So hip thrusts, work progressive overload and the contraction of your glutes when you're doing them. Um, and some things like uh, pull-throughs, cable or, or, or band pull-throughs, where you can really isolate squeezing your glutes and getting bigger, denser, stronger glutes. And on your off days, uphill sprinting, sprinting, not running, sprinting. Warm up quickly, well, warm up thoroughly. It's easy to hurt yourself, but running and, 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 and firing your, especially your posterior chain in your lower body that comes with, with sprinting. When you fire those things so quickly and hard with that, the kind of contractions that come with sprinting, they, they are what you need to be able to develop overall uh, strength. So sprinting twice a week, maybe, um, and glute work and then work on opening up your hips. All right. Um, oh, that's it. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. This is a relatively good show, considering I have meager resources. Um, as always, thank you to everybody at Brinks for helping me make this show what it is. And um, also, I started with From Russia with Dumb, a great, great segment. If you're listening via audio, you don't get the full fucking gusto. What does that mean? Go to my YouTube page. Everyone listening, subscribe, like, maybe leave a comment, hopefully a nice one. Hit that little bell thing so you're made aware every time I put up a new video. I'm trying real hard to make it not only something that I could uh, monetize, <laughs> you know, like I'll be very honest, but also I'm trying really hard to put up good content there. Um, things like a proper warm-up routine for different lifts. Um, uh, different tutorials for different exercises. Um, breakdowns of different types of training routines, stuff like that. So I, stuff that I think that is useful, um, supplement updates, uh, diet updates, things that I think that all of us could really be interested in and use. And it's all at my YouTube page, which is, which again is my Catherwood also my Patreon, which is, uh, just search for my Catherwood. And in this crazy mixed up world that makes you think that nobody cares. Remember I do be good people. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.